Easy Natural English with Liam, an English listening podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I hope that you're all doing well. As usual, I'll be speaking to you in natural English that hopefully isn't too difficult. And today's topic, I'm going to be talking to you all about sleep. So, first of all, I'll be talking about why sleep is important, and you might know some of those reasons already. Perhaps some of them will surprise you. And after that, I'll be talking about how to get a better quality sleep at night. So, I'm sure all of you have woken up in the morning before and felt like you slept, but you don't feel very well rested. Well, today, Going to talk a bit about how to get a better quality sleep. And that is very important when you're trying to learn things because it's very important for our memory, it's very important for learning, it's very important for our、um, capability when using our brain. So it's a topic that'll be very important to all of you. But before I get into today's topic, I just want to remind you or let you know if you didn't know already. That you can read the transcripts for these episodes on my Patreon page. So, if you find that these new styles of episode are a little more difficult, where I'm taking a deeper dive into things,、um, using some more difficult vocabulary, if you feel like you need help with that, then go over to my Patreon page, and there is a link in the description of the podcast. And on there, if you join for $2 a month, Then you can read the transcripts, you can read、uh, these podcasts written down, and that will help you with all the vocabulary and grammatical structures. And if you join for $5 a month, then you will get those transcripts as well as an extra bonus podcast episode every month where I speak in a more relaxed, more personal manner. So if you're interested in either of those things or both of those things, Then check out the link for my Patreon page in the description of the podcast. But anyway, today's topic is sleep, and let's get into it. So, first of all, let's talk a little bit about why sleep is so important. And the first reason that I want to talk about. Um, which is backed by、uh, research and science. So, everything that I say to you today is coming from、uh, research and science. It's not just somebody's opinion, it's not just how I feel about it. All of this is backed by science. And the first reason is that sleep actually helps us to live longer. And the Some of the scientists that have worked on the research to come up with this have said that sleep is basically the most important thing in our、uh, sort of health routine. So, if you want to be healthy, sleep is one of the most important, if not the most important thing that you should be thinking about. So, of course, eating well is important, of course,、uh, exercise is important. But if you don't sleep at night, then those things will basically not have the same effect. So, sleep is、uh, very important if you would like to live longer, and I think most of us probably would. 
And research on sleep also shows that if we are lacking in sleep, then our reaction time will be slower. And reaction time is the time it takes for you to react to something. So for example, um, I remember an experiment from when I was at school where we put a ruler, you know, these long things you use to draw lines or measure usually about 30 centimeters or 12 inches. You put a ruler on the wall and then drop the ruler and your experiment partner had to try to catch the ruler as quickly as possible. And then you would, uh, we would measure that, um, like the uh, centimeters that they got. And then that was a way to see like who was reacting faster. And that is an example of reaction time. So if you're, if you are lacking sleep, then your reaction time will be slower and so will your cognitive performance. This has been shown by research, but I think most of us probably know that already. You know, you can just feel that if you don't sleep enough at night or if you don't get a good quality sleep, then during the day you feel like dumber than usual. You feel more stupid than usual. You feel like you can't concentrate and you feel like things are just more difficult, like you feel like your thinking is not very effective. So I think that's something that we all know just based on anecdote. An anecdote means like personal experience rather than scientific evidence. So I think we all know that anecdotally, we all know that just based on our own experience. And another benefit of getting a good night's sleep, which is very important to anyone who's trying to learn anything, which you guys are doing, you're all trying to learn English. It is um, a very important step in learning. Um, scientists say that that is when the brain consolidates learning. So when you learn something during the day, it's sort of this period when your mind relaxes and your mind can sort through things. Because um, as uh, one scientist put it, they said that our brain is usually or typically focused on three things, and that is duration, path, and outcome. So that means our brains are usually asking, what am I doing, where am I going, and what's the point? But they say that when we are sleeping at night, those three things kind of relax, and it's a time for our brain to consolidate learning and also even to come up with new ideas. So it's quite common that as we're transitioning out of sleep is um, when a lot of people find they can be quite creative. So the next question we're going to have a look at is what happens while we are sleeping? And apparently there are four main stages to sleep. So in the first stage of sleep, which is called NREM, and you've probably heard of REM before, which is uh, rapid eye movement, because apparently it is when our eyes kind of flick around underneath our eyelids. Of course, most people sleep with their eyes closed, and apparently under there, our eyes are moving around rapidly or quickly, which is why it's called REM. And the first stage, NREM, 
is apparently the transition period between being awake and being asleep, and it lasts around five to ten minutes. And in the second stage, in REM stage two, then this is a the stage of our sleep where our body temperature drops and our heart rate begins to slow down. So if you use one of those uh, heart trackers, one of those fitness trackers or sleep trackers, then this is usually how they tell that you're in a deeper sleep because they track your heart and they see like, okay, the heart's very low, this guy must be asleep. So stage two is when your body temperature drops and your heart rate begins to slow, which is also why sometimes you might go to sleep thinking the temperature is okay, and then suddenly you wake up feeling like, oh, I'm cold. And, you know, you didn't put enough blankets on or something. And this will be why. And this is the stage where your brain actually starts to consolidate your memories. So it starts to kind of process the things that happen to you during the day. For example, things like learning. And it's when your brain gathers this information, processes it and filters new memories. So this is... Um, sort of part of the reason why if you don't sleep long enough you won't get into this stage three where lots of important things happen for your brain and also during this stage apparently our body starts to slow down and prepare for the third stage which is known as NREM stage three and in this stage this is when your body does a lot of its repairs so, of course, during the day, we're faced with all kinds of uh, stresses and things that tire out all the parts of our body. So this third stage is very important for the repair of all those mechanisms. And this is also the stage of sleep where apparently our brains are consolidating something called declarative memories, which are things like general knowledge or facts or statistics personal experience so um, very much these things that you've learned during the day so again a very very important stage for us who are trying to learn things every day and then finally we have stage four which is this famous REM sleep and this is when our brains are very active our body is relaxed um, our breathing actually gets faster and a bit irregular, so not normal. So instead of being like in, out, in, out, this is when people might be a bit like <laughs> and not breathing in perhaps like um, yeah, a normal pattern. And it's also when our eyes move rapidly, which is where the name comes from. And this, will, this is also the stage of sleep where we tend to dream. So if you wake up from a dream and you think, oh, I had a dream about blah, 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 that would have happened during your REM sleep. An important thing to note is these stages don't progress um, perfectly, like one, two, three, four. Usually if you have a full night of uninterrupted sleep, then the sequence will usually go something like stage one, stage two, stage three, back to stage two, and then finally into REM sleep. And then after that REM sleep, it usually goes back to number two, because you don't need to start at one again. You don't need to start in this um, transition from awakening to sleeping, unless perhaps you woke up during the night. But if you continuously sleep, 
then after REM sleep, you will usually go back to stage two. And if you're sleeping for a full night, about eight hours, then this will repeat about four or five times. And this um, is also something that can be affected by age, by your health, by any sleeping disorders that you might have, lifestyle habits like exercise or smoking or caffeine intake, um, things like if you have any pain in your body. So all kinds of things can affect these um, stages that we go through. So now we're going to have a little look at how we can improve our sleep and hopefully go through these stages in a more effective way. Okay, so we're going to have a look at a few things that you can do during the day to try to help you have a better sleep at night. And these recommendations come from a neuroscientist, so from a brain scientist who's called Andrew Huberman. If you're interested in neuroscience and you feel like your English is high enough level to listen to these uh, a bit more difficult native level podcast, then he has a very good podcast um, called Huberman Lab, which you can listen to. So these points I'm getting are coming from his advice. And he says that uh, the first thing you should do in the morning when you wake up, uh, preferably within 30 to 60 minutes of waking up, is he says that it's good to um, go outside and get some exposure to the sun of course, in as safe as way as possible. Of course, you don't want to get uh, sunburned. You don't want to look directly in the sun and hurt your eyes. But he says it's good to go out and look into bright light. Again, not directly at the sun. That would damage your eyes. But to go out and look at a bright sky, for example, um, because this is said to be important for our circadian clock. So a circadian clock, sometimes people talk about the circadian rhythm, is this kind of biological clock inside you um, that recognizes the difference between day and night. So by going out in the morning and exposing, exposing ourselves to light is a way to sort of tell our body, hey, this is daytime now, this is morning and that will wake your body up and apparently helps us to feel less sleepy during the day. And also then when you get into the evening, um, will help to create this difference in your brain and your body between night and day. The second point that Andrew Huberman says is very important is to wake up at the same time each day and to go to sleep when you first start feeling sleepy. And I think this point about going to sleep when you feel sleepy is something, again, even without research, we've probably all experienced this where you feel a bit sleepy and you don't go to sleep, perhaps because you want to quickly finish something or you want to uh, watch something or read something and you go past that sleepy stage and then you just cannot get to sleep and it takes a very long time to relax and go to sleep. So I think that's something I felt myself is definitely very important to just go to sleep when you feel tired. Point number three, which is probably uh, quite obvious to a lot of people, um, is to avoid caffeine within eight to 10 hours of bedtime. So whenever your bedtime is, you should try not to have caffeine 
within eight to 10 hours before that. Again, this is something I've noticed myself. Um, personally, for me, I've noticed that if I drink coffee towards the evening, that I can go to sleep, kind of, but I feel like my sleep is not a very good quality. Sometimes I'll catch myself during the night thinking, am I asleep or am I awake? And I find myself in this kind of half-conscious stage or this kind of half-conscious state, and I feel like I can't really get into a deep sleep when I've been drinking coffee. So yeah, that one definitely makes sense. And uh, number four, he says that if you have sleep disturbances, so example, insomnia or anxiety about sleep. So insomnia is a kind of condition where people can't sleep. Um, and anxiety about sleep is quite common. I think all of us experience that at some level where you feel like, um, you feel like, oh, I, I can't, um, I can't uh, get to sleep. You know, if you need to wake up very early in the morning, like if ever you've had an early flight in the morning, it's very hard to go to sleep because you feel like I have to go to sleep. I have to go to sleep. I have to go to sleep and you can't get to sleep. And for that, he recommends using an app, which I haven't had a look at. It's called uh, Reverie app, which I guess comes from the French word for dream. Um, there's an app here called Reverie, and it's apparently a self-hypnosis app. As I said, I haven't had a look at that. I don't know how effective that is. But personally, um, if I feel like I'm going to have trouble sleeping, I like to meditate for at least 10 minutes, and that usually helps me to relax and go to sleep. And there are actually particular meditations that are made or designed to help you go to sleep. So if you have a look for something called uh, NSDR, which is non-sleep deep rest, or yoga nidra, uh, those meditations are either to help you go to sleep or to help you kind of relax without going to sleep. So sometimes there'll be like a 10 minute session and the idea is that you'll feel more rested after them. So yeah, that's something that I do to relax sometimes. So number five of his points is to avoid uh, viewing bright lights in the evening. So as uh, I said earlier, he said view bright lights in the morning to help you wake up to uh, sort of reset your circadian clock. But then at night you should be avoiding bright lights, which we've all heard about before. You know, people say don't look at your phones and things like that. And that's actually something we noticed recently where we had a power cut for a week and um yeah we noticed that we were all sleeping very well at night <laughs> even though we have a newborn baby and we weren't sleeping very long we all f said that we felt like the quality of our quality of our sleep um, was quite good and my daughter my younger daughter was sleeping through the night with no problem so i think um yeah us not having electricity and having that natural dimming of the lights from outside i think that all helped us all to go to sleep um, so another point that he says, number six, is limit daytime naps to less than 90 minutes or don't nap at all. So, you know, a nap or a siesta is a short sleep during the day. And he says, if you do feel really tired and you do need to nap, then he says, uh, try not to nap for longer than 30 minutes. Um, and that's something I felt myself too. Um, and I think this is to do with these stages of sleep where if you, um, if you sleep longer, you start getting into this deep sleep and then it's harder for you to wake up 
So it's best to have like a short, light sleep that kind of refreshes you a bit without getting too deep into a sleep and then needing to try to wake up again. So yeah, don't nap for too long. And I'm going to skip over a couple of the points because this episode is getting a bit long, but some of the ones on here that seem to be quite important is he says avoid drinking alcohol um, because as I'm sure most of you have noticed that drinking alcohol uh, tends to, it might help us to go to sleep, but it tends to make the quality of our sleep better. I don't think there are many of us who drink alcohol at night and wake up in the morning and feel good. So avoid drinking alcohol. And the last point is he says, uh, keep the temperature of the room low. So don't have too warm of a room because that cooling of your body is something that will help you get into a deeper sleep. Um, I've actually heard elsewhere, I've heard somebody else say, this is why a hot bath can be good before you go to bed. And it's not actually getting hot that's good, it's the cooling down afterwards. So when we have a hot bath, our body then need, well, doesn't need to, our body will cool down quite quickly from that high heat. And apparently it's that effect on our body that makes us sleepy and helps us go to bed and have a good quality sleep. So anyway, those are a few points about how to have a good quality sleep. Um, as I said, uh, this advice comes from a neuroscientist called Andrew Huberman. So if you'd like to read more or listen to more details, you can look his name up, uh, look up sleep, and you can um, hear this in more detail, but it will be uh, a little bit more difficult because that's all named aimed at native English speakers or at least people with a native level of English. So anyway, uh, thank you all very much for listening today. I also mentioned at the beginning that if you are finding these new episodes a little difficult, then you can check out my Patreon page where if you join for $2 a month, you can read the transcripts and you can check what I'm talking about. So check out the link in the description of the podcast if you feel like you need those. Thank you all very much for listening and I'll see you back here next time. Mm-hmm.